0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, leaving certain results tomorrow, and the prize ultimately uh, on uh, CAO Points Day for many will be a place in their preferred college course. But the argument has been put forward before that we have too many people going to college in this country, and evidence for that is the dropout rate. Uh, Carl O'Brien is education editor with the Irish Times and he joins me now to discuss. Carl, you're welcome to the show. Um, I know you have a piece today in the paper about kind of grade inflation and and some in the third level sector linking that to the dropout rate. You've written about this before though uh, as well, the dropout rate in this country. Um, What is it, kind of relative to other countries as well? Do do a lot of people drop out of college here compared to elsewhere?
1: Well, Ireland performs Pretty well compared to most European countries, and um, like their dropout rates are uh, actually fell to a historic low You know, in the early years of COVID. So, 2019 20, um, universities were doing everything possible to get students over the line, you know, because when they switched to online teaching and they were figuring out how do we assess students, and really the priority was just to get students over the line. So, um, dropout rates fell to about uh, between 7 and 9%, that was a historic low. And similarly, the following year when we had very much a, a, a university by Zoom, if you like, mm. similar colleges were doing everything. But we have seen in the last two years is dropout rates have been climbing higher and they're now back to where they were about uh, four or five years ago. And there's some concern uh, that they may be edging higher still and there's a couple of factors that are probably behind that. And, and one factor, uh, say some, is the fact that uh, we have had grade inflation. We've had students getting into courses that they might not otherwise have got into mm. on the back of inflated leaving third grades and, then, and perhaps are struggling in those courses. Uh, but other factors are, are most certainly at play, such as you know, the return to you know, the post-pandemic norms, like students are working, you know, might be less engaged with their course. A lot of students are commuting because of the accommodation crisis. Maybe have less time to focus on study. Um, You have all the usual things like you financial obstacles and so on. Uh, But certainly there is a debate happening within higher education, and certainly concern that the dropout rates are climbing. And and that does mean you know that that is thousands of students Mm. who drop out every year uh, in first year, and that comes with uh, sometimes quite grave. Financial consequences because um, it means if you do repeat, you're repeating on much higher fees, mm. and you do pay for that. And it's also a big knock to students' confidence. So, so the dropping out is a big deal for students financially and even you know emotionally. So,
0: do, do, does does the argument that great inflation leads to um, a, a, an increasing dropout rate? I mean, does that stand up to logic? Because you know, if if there's great inflation across the board, then as a consequence cao points go up across the board so you still have the same amount of people getting into the course the same people who might have just been over the line would still be over the line the other people who are just below it will still be just below it albeit at a higher point on the scale
1: you're right you know and that's an argument made by many registrars is that you know you're seeing the same students getting into a lot of the courses but they're just on higher points yeah the, the only issue where that might not hold is uh, for certain courses where you have like more stringent entry criteria. So let's say it's a a computer game design course and it requires a high level of maths really to be able to cope with that. Those students who on inflated grades might meet that maths criteria get into the course but then struggle because they just don't have the mathematical competency to to cope really. So it's those types of courses. You could similarly apply it with, with languages, you know, if you don't have... Uh, the language skills uh, you might struggle and particularly those also those lo- courses on lower entry points you know because the, the all the evidence shows that those most at risk are dropping out are, are those on lower leading third point so you have students who might have decided um, maybe they're going to do um, an alternative route or maybe now that they've got higher grades than I expected. Oh, well, I'm going to try college, even though I didn't think it to be a possibility. Uh, that can be an issue. But listen, equally so, you know, you also have the late bloomers, you know, who who go in and actually they do um, thrive, even though the results wouldn't have suggested that they were going to do so well. So listen, I think it's nuanced and yeah. it's complex, but certainly what is true is, um, you know, this is an area of concern for colleges because for, from their point of view, they don't want to lose students, you know, that they're, they're losing, um they're taking a financial hit for every student that they lose. And obviously for students themselves, in terms of their well-being and their duty of care, uh, it's, it's not good for students either individually.
0: Is there an argument, and I know there's no perfect system and, and you know, a hundred people who have a hundred different views on how you tweak the leaving cert or, or the college entry system. But is there an argument then that you, you do have some version of what exists in the UK with kind of aptitude or, or or interviews involved as well so that you might decide, you know what, Carl has the points for biochemistry, but Carl is really unsuited to biochemistry. Carl should be doing, you know, English lit.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Listen, it's an argument made a lot of the time, you know, and every system has its own set of advantages and disadvantages. So let's say in the US, particularly, where let's say interviews can be part of that, um, that system has been gamed, you know, and there's been a whole scandal over there around, um, you know, uh, people who've been donating money to universities and getting places for their for for their children, and are uh, giving legacies or bequests, and then in exchange for, for giving places for the children. And the interview process kind of can facilitate that, you know. Like the one benefit of the system we have is that it is brutal, but it is you know quote fair unquote mm. in the sense that it is anonymous. And it does take the high-achieving students you know, into the courses that they, that they meet the entry criteria for. But I think at the end of the day, CO is very much based around what suits the universities. It's very convenient for them to be able to set uh, a points threshold, which you need to get a course. I think you know, the UK system is a bit fairer, so students have a bit more certainty, because the way that works is, uh, you get a conditional offer mm. based on the grades that that you hope to get, and if you get those grades, then you are guaranteed the entry. You know the, the cruelty of the system we have here is that you know students might get um, five hundred points tomorrow, and they think oh, I've got enough points for for law, and they find actually the points are five hundred and five points uh, on uh, next Wednesday when they get their COs. results. Yeah. So you know, like it can be particularly cruel and like I, that.
0: And I don't, I don't know. Is it's still the case? The random selection was certainly existed when I was in college. So I thought I'd be going to Dublin. Suddenly I had to uh, find accommodation in Cork. And then even after the college course started in Cork, uh, on a recheck, my points went up and there was a possibility that on random selection I'd still end up uh, going to Dublin. Now, ultimately it didn't happen, but it's kind of chaotic that you could be four or five weeks into the academic year and changing courses and colleges.
1: And listen, I think that is the cruelest blow of all, you know, and random selection. And and really... Uh, one of the most kind of tragic consequences of grade inflation in recent years is that you've had this bunching of students on, on maximum points. So um, so that's made it really difficult for colleges then to differentiate between who is the best candidate for, for these really high-entry um, uh, points courses like you know, dentistry and medicine and so on. Mm. So they, uh, there was quite a spike in the number of uh, courses being decided on random selection. And big question now, to, uh, let's say tomorrow when the results come out, next Wednesday when the CO offers come out, is what level of random selection are we going to see? What level of grade inflation will there be? Because, you know, I, I think it's it is, uh, awful for students who have made such huge sacrifices during the year and get maximum points can still not yeah. get their chosen course.
0: The, 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 the other argument some might make is that you know, you reduce the college dropout rate by ensuring that everybody who's in the course has the aptitude, uh, and and the way to do that is to push points higher. And you push points higher by actually reducing, you know, the seats in the lecture hall. You 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 reduce the 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 number of college places. It's hard to imagine Irish universities going down that route, isn't it, Carl? Given what like what what an integral part of the Irish Inc success story is the kind of the knowledge economy and the amount of people we have with a third level degree.
1: Yeah, like this is this is really, it is, it's a first world problem, you know, it's, pretty, <laughs> yeah. it's a pretty good problem we have <laughs> that we have, like, record numbers of students going on to university and, and, and many of them doing very well when they do get there and, you know, there is a wage premium, the research does show, if, you, if still, if you get your, your college degree, but, and, and you're right, a lot of that, I think, comes with the fact that it is quite competitive to get in there, our dropout rates are, are internationally speaking relatively low, where if you go to somewhere like Holland, where it's much easier to get into college. You know, they would see dropout rates in some of their first-year courses of you know forty to fifty percent because first year is really tough. And when you get into the course, uh, it's really think or swim once you are in there, and you really do need to perform. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you know they do uh, the kind of the the, the clearing uh, of. Um, CEO equivalent almost happens then within uh, the first year in college. So, you know, there and that is the one downside, you know, towards people who would say, well, let's just open up uh, college for everybody who wants it, yeah. uh, for everyone. So, um, as I said, like, every country has their different system. Every country uh, knows the advantages and disadvantages. But um, but certainly there's no getting away from the fact that, you know, internationally we do perform pretty well and we do have um, very highly qualified graduates and, and, and the yeah. ultimate Uh, First world problem that we have is also that our our graduates tend to be over educated for the jobs for which they're qualifying for. So that's not the worst problem in the world.
0: No, certainly not. Listen, Carl, thanks a million for joining us. Carl O'Brien is the education editor with the Irish uh, Times. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.